Hello, my name is Mark from jazzguitarlessons.net, improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher for podcast number 10. Yay! 10th anniversary. So we'll see if I can get to 20 now. So thank you for listening to this. I had really uh, tons of nice comments and questions about the podcast, so we'll keep going. Today I want to talk about 251, in fact, and improvisation tips for three levels. For beginners, intermediate, and advanced, I'll give you tips that you can apply right away. And I'd like to talk about some sort of systematized learning, meaning that a lot of times, you know, you want to graduate from level one to level two. And this works when you're playing classical guitar or you're playing classical piano, but in jazz guitar, it's a different story. So we'll address that in the second part of the podcast. Now for the first part of the post- podcast, the 251 uh, tips that I want to hand to you, depending on your level today. I just want to mention a few quick advantages for people of all levels to work on two fives. Uh, one being that you can switch fast in your mind between three chords, right? If you're playing the two to the five and to the one, then you you have some sort of motion. But the bonus added to that is that for once, this is in cycle of fourth, of fourths, meaning that you know D, G, C, or any other key, F, B flat, D flat, or whatever. And so you're practicing your cadence and your cycles at the same time. Plus, whenever you play a jazz tune or of some sort, even blues in a jazz context, there's going to be 2-5. So you have to practice 2-5, okay? So um, here's the main uh, thing I want to talk about for beginners. Beginners, please, if you can at least track the chords to your 2-5-1s like this and be really, you know... As soon as you can do this, you can really start improvising. But you need an anchor. So here's my very first suggestion. Improvise rhythmically. Improvise just with rhythms. Set the metronome either on 2 and 4, or we'll do it like this as 4-4. And see if you can play just on the notes you know, even just the roots of the chords, like this. A one, two, three, four. That was just the roots of the three chord. If you're able to do this and stay anchored, you have 50% of the work done already. So that's the first tip for beginner. The second tip for beginners, I would strongly encourage you to improvise rhythmically only, again, but from what you know. Meaning that instead of trying to learn a new scale, a new mode, a new blick, a new whatever, just take whatever sounds natural and that you can hear in your head beforehand and something that you know how to play on the fretboard and make it groove, make it a killer groove. Make so that, that even if you were playing on your own, you could tap your foot to it or snap your fingers and make, you know, this is really outlining the time. If you can do this well, then the few next steps for learning more stuff on the 2-5 will just fall into place because you have created a rhythmic foundation for it. Okay, so now for intermediate players. I would really encourage you to, uh, I mean, if you can already play in time and whatever, what I've told for beginners, I would encourage you to try to change one thing at a time. So let's say you're practicing a 2-5-1 in the key of C major and you want to change something, pick one element that you'd like to change. If you're used to 
practicing on scales, then for just one of the three chords, take the arpeggio, for instance. If you're used to doing arpeggios uh, with a ninth, then for one of the three chords, add the flat ninth. Right? So that's fairly straightforward. So the main thing you should really start with, and yes, you know, I'll, I'll, sell, uh, I'll sell, sell the big punch at the end. You, you should really practice your flat nines to start with, you know. If you have your G seventh, you should really learn to play that note on it. That's A flat, that's a flat nine. So if you're an intermediate player and you want to change one thing, you may start with a flat nine, you may start with anything else, but that's the advice. Don't try to grasp too much at the same time, and yet don't stay in your same habits. Take one little thing you want to change, focus on it for a while, and once it's integrated, change that to a, a, the next step. Okay, so that's the quick tip for intermediate. Advanced players, that's my favorite part, favorite part of course. Uh, I would strongly encourage you to practice your two five ones in different keys, but not necessarily through the cycle of fourths. Let's, uh, I'll give you an example of something I really like to do. Uh, listen to it and then tell me what, you know, if you can find out by, by ear what I just played. I'll play just the chords. A one, two, a one, two, three, four. That's C major. Next key. Next key. keys but I'm always moving up a minor third so the first key was D minor 7 G7 C major 7 second key was four frets up F minor 7 B flat 7 E flat major 7 then the next key was four frets up E flat minor 7 D flat 7 G flat major 7 and so on so if you're already an advanced player that's a great thing to do to change the cycle and say okay I'm gonna practice those four keys today and tomorrow the next four keys or you can invent your own cycles. But to keep it fresh and interesting, instead of having just the three chords to think about in your mind, you have more than three. You have all the chords that you decide to target for. But it's a good idea to write it down, see what it is, you know, just on a, not on staff paper, just on a sheet of paper, just what the chords are, and then flick the metronome, make sure it swings, and go through them. And the things that are really, really hard for you, stop focus on it and you'll gain so much stuff out of doing this so that's all for the 251 tips i hope that was helpful what i'm trying to do with the the podcast is i'm trying to give you 251 tips for the next few podcasts so stay tuned because next time i'm going to talk about uh, why the 251 progression either in blowing or whatever in comping sometimes it's boring for people and i'll address that issue right in podcast number 11 to see how you can deal with you know, 
being too plain or too sounding too in or you know not being able to come up with anything original. So that'll be next time. Now for the second part of this podcast, which I like to call systematic learning, uh, I want to address the issue of trying to have a path to follow in your learning. Okay, uh, I published a video on YouTube fairly recently, around the same time as this podcast, and it's called a path, quote unquote, for jazz guitar beginners, question mark. Uh, and it was it came up from a question from a, a Facebook user and says, you know, how about an article that tells you that, you know, that's step A and then you have step B, then you have step C. And basically in the video, I said that it's really hard because there's a few key aspects. If you're really a jazz beginner, you should, you know, gravitate towards what you really like. If you like Alan Allsworth, go for that. If you like Kurt Rosenwinkel, okay. If you like Miles Davis, do do whatever you please. And uh, in this podcast, I just want to add a few things. One of the things I want to add right away is, guys, I don't know when, I don't know how, soon enough there's going to be a plan on the website which you can follow, which can tell you, okay, if you're a beginner, do this. If you're an intermediate, do this, if, you know. Um, but unfortunately, I have to warn you in advance that even if this can be good things to practice and good suggestions and that there's a you know bare-bone minimum that any beginner should know or every advanced player should know, it's really hard to judge because it's an art form, right? It's it's would be hard to compare, uh, I don't know, uh, painters, you know, Gustav Klimt and uh, Vincent van Gogh, like who's better? Well, I don't know. Did they master the same techniques? Well, to some extent, yes. Do they have the same styles? No, you can see, you know, you see a Klimt and you recognize it right away. And you see a Van Gogh and you recognize it right away. In fact, I have those two guys on my wall right now. <laughs> that's why I'm, I'm mentioning. So that's the thing with jazz guitar. And I think the further you progress, there's a foundation of knowledge that kind of, it's part of everybody or everybody says, I know this, but I, I've approached it in a different way. You know, I learned my two fives, but my approach to it, my thing, my exercises were different. And to a point that there's a consensus of material. But the extent of having a strict plan will be very, 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 very different from conservatory. Because at the conservatory, in classical music, classical guitar, let's say, they can control what notes you play, because it's written on paper, and they can control with what fingers you play it, and at what rhythm you play it, and this and that, and what volume. While in jazz guitar, you know, blues or pop music, there's no such uh, measurement of performance. You cannot be graded. Even if you go to jazz school, you go do a, a degree at Berklee College and they'll give you B plus in your class. Even this doesn't mean anything. Just keep in mind that the expression of the human soul and the human condition is what you're looking for. And I may sound new age or very deep with that, but I truly believe it. I mean, you have to forge your own path and see what you like. And even if the most best jazz guitar teacher in the world tells you to do that, you may look at this person and say, no, I'm not going to do it this way. And that's absolutely right, depending on your situation. So thank you for listening to podcast number 10. I'm Mark from jazzguitarlessons.net. Improve your jazz guitar playing with a real teacher and I'll see you next time in podcast number 11. Take care.